Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast is brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Native Grape Odyssey is an educational project financed by the European Union to promote European wine in Canada, Japan, and Russia. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Ward, and my guest today is Gérard Spatafora. Gérard, where are you from? I'll let you explain that. Well, I'm, uh, I'm from France, uh, from Bordeaux, and uh, half uh, parts from uh, Montreal in Canada. So you're, who, who, which was which? Dad was can- Canadian, mum was Canadian? I know, my, uh, my father and mum was uh, Italian. Oh, really? <laughs> so, you, so you're a mix? Yep. A hybrid? <laughs> okay, so what are you doing in Bordeaux, and how did you get there? So I'm in Bordeaux since 2006. I followed the, the one MBA program at Insect Business School. Insect, Insect, okay. Insect Business School. And right after, um, I had the chance to uh, to take the position at Millesima. It's a Bordeaux wine uh, fine wine merchant, and they asked me to uh, develop the e-commerce sales all over the, all over the world. So when, which year was that when you it started? Was in, it was in 2007, right after the wine MBA. Okay, so that at that time the internet was obviously powerful, but online retailing and selling was maybe not so strong. How has that developed? It developed really well because at that time it was not... Uh, so competitive. Right, so competitive, as you said. And uh, I mean, the business uh, was uh, easy because we were only selling fine wine. So the competition was not so hard on fine wine segmentation. So when you say fine wine, are we talking about just Lafitte, La Tour Petrus, or are we talking about good uh, everyday wines as well? No, uh, Milizima was really uh, specialized on top French wine and then they expand the range to uh, all uh, the fine wines from all over the world. So like Sassicaia from Italy and Barolo. Yep, and the fine wine from uh, USA or Chile or like Australia, the, everywhere yeah. in the world. Who were the clients for those wines? Who was buying, coming on to Millezima, buying those wines? It was only a private customer, I mean uh, private individuals. Wine connoisseur, because most of them bought to wine en primeur, for the Bordeaux wine, of course. So they were already buyers of fine wine, they knew what they were doing. Yep, and... Uh, and they were really into, uh, I mean, buying uh, fine wine from all over the world. So it was a, it was a great business for fine wine. So how much do you know about your customers? Obviously, it's an online business. Do you speak to them directly? Did you host any events to get to know them personally? Yeah, of course. Uh, we were also organizing wine tasting uh, in different places in the world, uh, so, large cities. Such as? Uh, London, Hong Kong, Singapore, New York, uh, and of course, Paris. <laughs> and uh, we were also, also really active by creating content in 2009 because at that time we hired a wine ex-wine journalist and he was specialized on videos so at that time we were offering a report a, a small video report four to six minutes to the wineries to present I mean uh, who were behind the wine oh, that's interesting so how did they react to that was it still quite new then to ask now now wine producers have become almost like rock stars they're always on online they have videos and all the rest of it so was that quite pioneering then yeah we, we were a pioneer as you said and uh, I mean the, the customer was really happy they, they were sending email or calling uh, calling us to say thanks because thanks to you we had the chance to discover the wine we were buying for years so it was great uh, they were really interesting because we were shooting the videos in French and then dubbing in English Spanish uh, Portuguese and so on it was a great 
great idea. Who came up with that idea? I was uh, I was looking for what happened in the USA at that time, and it was booming uh, the terms. I mean, uh, inbound marketing. So it was uh, the way you create content to attract the right people. So you're doing online shop, and you're creating content in terms of video, audio, and also you're running events as well. Yep. So for those events, how would they be structured? Was it very formal wine tasting, or was it friendly? Did you have to wear a jacket to turn up? How did it work? Go uh, on, describe one. Yeah, it, it was uh, really informal because we asked the um, wine owners, the chateau owners, to come with the wines and to taste the wine, to serve the wine to the clients. So it was really uh, sympathetic because the the wine lovers could talk to the winemakers and Directly. so on. It was great. So it's like it's like music lovers meeting rock stars. Yep. Without uh, rock music. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, in terms of um, so, how are things now in terms of online, online marketing and retailing in the wine industry in general, and how is it for you personally in your day to day? So, I can see uh, a lot of difference coming from uh, countries because uh, I mean, uh, uh, for example, UK is really in advance in terms of online selling, which is not the case for Italy, for example, or even in the USA. I mean, most of the online selling are made by the wineries, so we call that the direct to consumer. So. So I, I can see that the markets are really different depending on the cultural differences. And the law as well. And the law regulation and so on. So, you know, UK pretty unregulated and US incredibly regulated in terms of alcohol. So unfortunately, on the, if we talk about online business worldwide, there is no recipes, global recipes. There's no one single formula. Yeah, yeah. You have to adjust your marketing strategy. You have to adjust your range of wines. You have to adjust the way you talk to the customer according to the market. So you t- talk to different customers in different ways according to where they are so give me give me a couple of examples of extreme examples of of the same wine going and you're trying it's going to be sold to say an american or someone from asia or someone in europe what's the different pitch at millesima we had the chance to sell only fine wine so thanks to that we are talking only to affluent customer and the affluent customer are more global so it was easier, which is not the case if you want to sell, I mean, an affordable wine or a premium wine. Uh, in that case, you really have to adjust the speech, the information you will give to the people. For example, in the uh, USA, you must be really educated and uh, having something entertainment. But if you talk to the UK market, which is, according to me, more uh, knowledgeable about wines, they want something more deeper in the roots of uh, the winery, uh, the way you uh, uh, you treat the grapes and so on. So it's really different. Do you get questions about organics and biodynamics? I know fine wine hasn't always been associated with that, even though some of the most famous estates in the world are biodynamic like Romani Conti, Domino Le Fleur, etc. Go on and on bridge, whatever. How do they uh, approach you about that sort of situation? A lot of questions about uh, winemaking techniques and so on. And uh, we had the chance at Millesima to have a, a team of wine advisors. And they were very knowledgeable wine because they were tasting 2,000 wines per year. So they were able to talk to you about the winemaking process, the taste of the wine for, uh, compared to different vintages. If you don't have people, knowledgeable people, you were in trouble because if, if someone, if the customer talks to you, uh, wants to reach you by social media or on the phone, you have to answer them in the right way. <laughs> okay, so how, in terms of your staff, how, how, how big is it as a company? In terms of... Uh, large company? Yeah. But of course, in the USA, large company would be, um, I mean, wine.com, uh, the oldest on the market. No, your company, in terms of how many staff, how, how big is it? Oh, okay. At Millesima, we used to have 55 uh, people. Uh, lot, I'm it? not working anymore for Millesima. Yeah. But, um, okay, but now, I mean, how big is the company? 
My, my new company yeah. is eStudios. So eStudios. Yeah. And where, where's that registered eStudios? Is it a French company or a... Yeah, it's a French company based in Bordeaux, okay. but we offer our services to every wine, uh, wineries in, in, in the world because uh, we have the background uh, to help them expand uh, their notoriety, their brand awareness all over the world. Okay, so and in terms of marketing mix in different countries, how does that work? I mean, if you're selling the same wine or trying in, I don't know, say, you're talking about fine wine, for example, so just say a, a top Italian Brunello or a Maremo or Sassicaro or something like that, and you think you're going to make a sale, how do you approach that in terms of, say, someone from South America, someone from North America, someone from Asia? Now, we, we can define different strategy uh, depending on the countries. So, for example, if we talk about Brunello, for example, Argiano, now they can sell their wine direct to the customer by using a platform named Vincent's, and they can, for the first time in their history, they can sell the wine en primeur, like a pre-sale. And it's really new, uh, I mean, for the, for the Brunello di Montalcino. Uh, it's possible if you have a strategy according to the market. So this is possible for the USA, for example. They've but always been quite strong in the USA, our journey. had quite a, I mean, I, I, just to let you know, I did some work with them on organics a while ago. The guy who's in charge, but you must know Bernardino Sani, who's in, in charge of it. And they've always tried to be um, forward thinking. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that I didn't know that they were doing this on Prima. I think it's a, very interesting to hear the words on Prima and Brunello. It's quite a shock. But, but, you, but you know, the same company would uh, won't make the, the same sales, I mean, on primer sales in China, for example. Yeah. The market is not ready for that. So you would have to adjust your marketing strategy by doing something different, probably pushing more videos to this market because your wine is not well known as in the USA. So you make it uh, like a video so people can familiarize themselves, see what the estate looks like and what the people are doing, and it makes them more confident when they yeah. maybe buy wine they've heard of or have seen has got maybe good scores in some of the wine publications. Yeah. Okay, let's give it a go. It's the first video you have to do, I mean, talking about your wineries and scores and so on, your history. And you also have to work with, I mean, key OL, uh, key opinion leader or wine influencers, and you have to choose them in the right way because you can have some trouble. Uh, and thanks to those people, you will adjust your marketing, your messages to their audience. Right, okay, so you're almost like you're kind of doing the winery's job a little bit for it by anticipating and, and saying, listen, if we do making a film and we need to show this aspect of your winery because we know that this market loves history, for example, yep, yep, or this exactly. market loves... I mean, what about um, often with, in fine wine, we kind of think that people don't care about organic or biodynamic farming. Is that changing? Uh, definitely. Uh, to, to make sure we have the right information coming from the, the markets, we use big data analytics system or tools uh, to know about what people are saying, what people are talking about in their markets, uh, what they are looking for, a kind of information. And thanks to those tools, uh, we can come up to the winery and say, okay, on this market, your wine is not well known, and people are really uh, interesting about knowing about organic, but it's not the same on, uh, in another country. So thanks to big data tools, today it's easier to give the right answer to the right people. When, and in your case, the right answer means that you're connecting a potential buyer with the product that he or she not only will buy, but hopefully will enjoy and will fulfill their preconceptions, if you like, of what the brand values of that 
particular brand are? Of course, we, we like going direct, and I think it's the future. I mean, it should be in the present, but it's, it's going to be the future. Depending on the, uh, the strategy of the winery, we will adjust the strategy. So in, in some ways, we often wine companies are a little bit backward because uh, it's the rural and the countryside, and particularly Italy is associated maybe with, with having been a little bit slow off the mark in some ways online, not translating into English their websites, not great photos or whatever. Obviously, the, the bigger wineries, the, the sort of blue chip ones, would have been ahead of the game, I would have thought, in most cases. What changes do you, do you feel that they need to make, even the top wineries, to stay ahead talking about in terms of big data and, and using that as an opportunity? with what they do and their public face. It's a big change for them, of course. They can hire some uh, really uh, interesting people, knowledgeable people to, to do that kind of job, or they can hire a marketing agency. It's full of a very uh, good marketing agency now who knows about those uh, big data tools and uh, make great analysis to make sure you will, you will reach the right, uh, the right people. Do you think there's always a risk when you're, you know, the, the kind of idea of big data, that there are some people that fall through the cracks that don't fit into the sort of big data picture and they could be maybe really really traditional old-fashioned wine lovers that have been buying fine wine all their lives and they actually like the idea of going online ordering a sassigaya for example arriving at their door they're so excited they open the box are they going to fall through the cracks or will they be picked up as well into in the big data matrix big data it's it's really big so you you must make a great analysis if not you will make mistake okay um, so give me an exa- idea of, an, of how an est- a mistake may occur when you're looking at big data uh, for example, if you don't go deep in the data, uh, you, ca- you can just uh, have some information coming from superficial professional. Yeah, okay. And sometimes there is a lot of assumption coming from the professionals, and and, and, and that uh, will push you to make mistakes. So you have to go deeper. You have to go further uh, to uh, listen to uh, wine influencers, to consumer also consumer, and, and then you will have the right information. You have to to be careful with the big data. But so, it, so, it sounds in one way kind of easy that you may just press a couple of different buttons but also the more data you have the more complicated it becomes exactly exactly so analysis and uh, I mean to have people with good skill it's really important to make it uh, make it in a good way okay so what's your what's your next step the next step is going to be to produce a wine documentary for wineries but not for TV but for the SVOD platform which means so Netflix Amazon Prime videos or Apple TV plus all that those networks are looking for great content and uh, they would love to have uh, content on wine gastronomy food lifestyle I mean uh, you know tourism they would love to have those kind of uh, great content to be displayed on the, on the SVOD platform so your role in that would be consulting and advising on how not obviously how the sunset is shot on by the TV cameraman it's actually the, the bigger picture is taking a step back from that saying right yeah. this is what we think appeals to these A1 whatever consumers that are can afford to buy a bottle of Latour or Lafitte or Whatever it is, yeah. Two of my associates are ex-wine journalists from France. Uh, one is still working with the French TV, and another one used to be the chief editor of uh, La Revue du Vin de France. So they know about uh, writing a screen plan. They know about shooting. They know about making something appealing to American or appealing to Chinese people. 
and uh, and then uh, it's it's going to be easier to uh, spread the word to have a great brand large brand awareness in the market thanks to the SVOD platform. SVOD, that's quite interesting. Yeah. Okay, so you, you sound like you've got a really fascinating job that you really enjoy. You love crunching data. You've clearly got an artistic side to you in terms of you appreciate the a really w- well-made video a because it's a well-made commercial tool but also a because it is also beautiful to look at mm-hmm. as well as informing and entertaining people plus the bonuses often like us wine journalists we take great photos we don't get paid much money for them we don't really earn much money in your case you've got an economic model where it allows you to do what you enjoy and in your view connects consumers high high value consumers with the product um, that they associate to them with quality and also with the story behind it the, the romance if you like of wine Alrighty, that's it we're done, yeah? Grazie mille. Yeah, but it's really, um, you're the first person we've had actually that on the podcast who's, who's got, you've got a really unique niche. Your career really, you, I can't really put you in a box. I can put you in about four different boxes, but not just one on its own. Yeah. So that's applause for you. Right. <laughs> it's canned applause actually. No, so anyway. Thank so you. I just want to say thanks very much to my guest today, Gérard Spatafora. Um, thanks for talking to us about connecting high value clients with high value wines. My pleasure. Très bye bien. bye. Merci beaucoup. Au revoir. Bon continuation. Merci. Hello, thanks for tuning in to the Italian Wine Podcast. Our channels are SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify and Himalaya FM. We're also widely available on other podcast apps. Our official website is italianwinepodcast.com and that's all one word. If you're using iTunes, feel free to rate the podcast or write a review. Thanks. This podcast has been brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Discovering the true essence of high-quality wine from Europe. Find out more on nativegrapeodyssey.eu. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. 